Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, and urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found. Hey, welcome back to AF Fireside. I'm stoked. I feel like that's the word I'm always using. I had to pick a new word. I am very excited to kick off this series that we're uh, starting today with somebody that I have long wanted to get on this podcast, not just for the astounding professional audio quality. Uh, kicking off this series with some of our favorite makers with Ryan Andes of Finally Rot. Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Lucas. It's a pleasure to be here. I am equally stoked or possibly jazzed or even pumped wow. to be here. Wow. And I am immediately put to shame. <laughs> <laughs> so so for some context, can you, can you kind of just paint a, uh, a watercolor picture of what, what a day in the life of Ryan Andes is? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the j lately it's, I mean, it kind of, it's a very variable thing. There's nothing sort of, um, let's say static about a day in the life of Ryan Andes, but sure. for the most part, you know, my day is, uh, comprised of, uh, doing voiceover. I do, uh, I audition in the mornings. Uh, I usually, you know, send out about four or five auditions a day, um, for commercials, cartoons and video games or thereabouts. And then, uh, and then I usually have uh, some bookings in the afternoon. Uh, today, I just did one actually before we started for a um, for a dub for a Chinese church video. <laughs> okay, <laughs> playing a uh, a very um, religious zealot <laughs> of the okay. Chinese church. I I uh, want to I want to know more, but I'm I'm just gonna imagine it. I yep, think I'm, gonna, yep. I'm just going to fill in the blanks myself. I'm just, not going to yeah, ask anymore about you, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did a lot of uh, praise be to gods and amens today. It was nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's what wild. a way to um, spend an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> truly. Um, but no, you know, and then I um, I spend most of my time at home these days because I've got my, my studio is uh, at my place, my apartment in Queens. Uh, and then I spend the latter part of my day usually down in my basement, which is where I've built out the, uh, the finally rod studio. Um, these days it's been a lot of custom jewelry. I've got, uh, orders from, from clients who want, um, custom wedding rings. That's been the big thing lately. I feel like wedding season is really kicking in and people who couldn't get married are now, finally getting the the knot tied myself sure. included by the way in about a month congratulations um, thank you thank you so in the past in the past two weeks i think i've made about six new wedding bands for clients in uh, all kinds of metals from platinum wow. to uh to 18, 18 karat rose gold to uh to 14 karat regular yellow gold you know it's just a, a large swath that i that i'm covering these days um 
And then I'm working on some design stuff and website work. It's kind of like uh, ongoing projects for me. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, and then, and then, of course, hanging out with my fiance to be my wife to be still, still fiance. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. So, uh, to provide a little further context, finally, Rot is. To, to tell me, tell me about the brand. I don't, I don't want to define it for you. Sure, sure. No, I mean, listen. I, I'm always interested to hear what, what you, what your <laughs> de definition of it is, because you know, it's. Uh, it's, it's always not as, it's not as simple as a leather goods brand. Not to say no, that that's an inherently simple thing, but it is. Yeah, I think that's a great way to that. start it. Totally. Um, Finally, rot is really I think that, and that has been something that I'm working on, um, kind of trying to reorient, which is defining the brand sort of a, in a different way. It, I think a lot of people, when they see Finally Rot, if they go to the website or the Instagram page, they see a lot of leather goods, and so they think it's a leather brand, but actually the brand started with metal um i initially you know kind of kicked it off um making hardware for for jeans companies for for hard for hard and co and for uh, a few other boot makers doing riveting and button making um out of high quality non-ferrous metals like brass and copper and even sometimes sterling silver um and then that sort of evolved, you know, I, I got into making buckles and uh, eventually got to a point where I was making, I was doing hardware for other brands, but didn't really have a voice of my own. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that was kind of the genesis of Finally Rot. Uh, I created Finally Rot to be a place where I could highlight my hardware through leather goods. And uh, that landed really, it was belts and bracelets um some small leather goods like wallets and passport books and glasses cases um and then i started kind of branching off into key accessories and and more jewelry uh things like pendants and rings um so yeah at the core of it metal is the is the main player uh but but leather is the is very much the the secondary or i should say the um supporting character in this in this in this drama <laughs> i want i want like a 3xl uh like a 3xl long sleeve black t-shirt in metal font that says metal metal is the number one player <laughs> that'd be Listen, sick buddy we can talk man <laughs> you right. want you want the font in metal i can just yeah cast yeah you know what you know a what bunch i'm talking of letters about? and rivet yeah. them to a shirt dude yeah no, you, know you know like a like a breaking benjamin font <laughs> That's where it's at. Don't get me, dude. Listen, I'll take these ideas and run with them, man. I know you. I know you will. That's that's why. And and with the the height and the amount of leg that you have, the speed you can gather when you run is a lot more than many other people I know. <laughs> so we talked a little about the voiceover. Yeah. Uh, maybe you even have a Wikipedia page. I'm I'm sure you have an IMDb page. But I do. what what would what would that page say about what got you? two here because i'm really interested you know we're kind of kicking off this series with makers and and i really want to talk about the balance between mm -hmm. you know uh giving everything to this brand and then having a life of your own because i think it's hard to can be hard very hard to separate when you're in that position and in that point in growth uh and, yeah. and i don't i don't know anyone that lives two so so distinctly separate and different but somehow compatible lives oh, so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute but give, yeah. give me the the imdb synopsis of of uh 
Yeah, I mean, going uh, on? so <laughs> I mean, look, I, I came to New York to perform. That was like the main thing. I come from a family of performers. My dad was a guitar player, but he was also an artist, uh, an, a painter, a, a jeweler, and a furniture maker. His father, my grandfather, was a Broadway guy who got uh, a, a big break in Hollywood and then started a, like a pretty fantastic movie career. His name was Keith Andes. My dad's Matt Andes. Um, cool. And so I, I think I kind of learned from them this to like to learn a bit of this um, double life thing. You know, dad was kind of a jack of all trades, but was really, really good at those things. And because of him, I, I think I learned um, how to work with my hands and also learned an appreciation uh, of performance. Um, so when I got to New York, you know, the, I, I, I lucked out. You know, I, I was able to do a lot of theater. I, I, I booked a Broadway show. Um, I, you know, have had guest star and co-star roles on TV on primetime. Um, but, you know, the thing I learned about it is after almost 15 years of being here, it's a really tough grind, man. It's a it's incredibly hard to uh, feel secure in your career when you don't know when your next job is going to happen. You spend a lot of time trying to get jobs, auditioning for jobs, but a lot of the times you don't book those jobs. Mm -hmm. And while I was in the midst of auditioning and working on that that part of my craft and my career, I decided to take to get back into jewelry. I'd done it in high school. But started kind of doing it as a hobby, um, working on pieces from home and kind of just get delving into the jewelry scene here in New York City, learning about where to buy tools, where to get things cast, how to work with uh, different types of metal. And so the so the genesis, really, the, like the IMDb version of all of this is like I was booking TV work and doing getting into voiceover, but but working on jewelry as a way to sort of give myself a bit of more a bit more purpose. Mm -hmm not relying on other people to give me work, but trying to create work for myself. Totally. Uh, and so that's kind of where, that's kind of how it grew into what it, what it did. Um, and so finally rot was like, it was birthed from the need to feel space and feel some, feel some need to have more work and meaning, sure. meaningful work that, that I was in charge of and not being dictated to, you know? That's uh, that's kind of the dream, huh? Yeah, yeah. But then one, and then like when they both start popping off, then you're like in this weird quandary of like, oh man, I've got now I've got too much on my plate, and sometimes that does happen, you know. Sure, sure. Well, and we'll get to that balance. But before yeah. before we get there, have I ever told you the part you played and maybe the biggest flex I've ever had in my entire life? I don't think so. Maybe. Right. All right. Well, I'm gonna give you like a 30 second version. Please I do do not like sports hate football yeah real like really at a molecular level do not care for football um first this first super bowl that i was with my girlfriend we watched the super bowl with her family who's really big into football and i was mm -hmm. new enough to be to, to, to play along uh and your kinder bueno commercial <laughs> you did the voiceover for was yeah. one of one of three three super bowl commercials that year that i loosely knew somebody that, that was in it or the oh, voice weird. was in it was you it was uh denim hound who's another instagram guy uh -huh. he was a uh, uh played a bit role and i think it was like a stella ad and oh, a friend of mine that i that did one of the shows that we did at the theater company that i used to work for uh yeah. was in the bill murray groundhog day 
Oh shit. Yeah. It was that year. So it was really cool around, you know, people I've, I've known her family for a really long time, but uh, didn't know each other super well at that point, but mm-hmm. three separate and like, Oh, that's, that's my friend. That's my friend, Ryan. Word. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty cool. Right. Dude. So, so we still, still bring that up now and then. So it's, thank you for, for playing your part. Oh man, that. my pleasure, brother. I'm so happy. I, I could, I could visit you during the, uh, during the Super Bowl. Audibly. <laughs> my, my time of need. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. I'm, I'm wondering, have you been on an episode of law and order SVU that I have just missed? No, and I've auditioned for that show many times and have not really? booked my Law and Order, dude. It's it's one of my biggest bones of contention of living wow. in the city. I have booked my. I've got blacklist credit. I've got uh, um, what I uh, elementary and Madam Secretary, like a lot of the big CBS shows. I did get some co star guest star roles on, but I never got my Law and Order man. And it's feel like still next still time rankles. you need you need to show up show up to that audition with a um like a big van big white van okay okay you gotta look the part i appreciate it okay that's that's good advice thank you i'll have to find a way to get myself a big white van i don't i don't know if that's good (laughs) it's not gonna do it (laughs) Uh, well but speaking of good advice let's go back to that kind of duality of living two separate lives and integrating them together uh you appear to be not crazy to me you seem you seem like you have it together i know that to be involved in the performing arts you gotta have a little oh, yeah, a little but, bit of psycho in you but uh um, and this is all a veneer dude underneath i'm just that shit crazy <laughs> yep just just a ball of nerves ball of nerves all the time how how do you balance that what are your yeah. what are your pro tips i feel yeah. like uh and I, i've spoke to this audience I've tried to speak to this audience the whole time on the podcast, right? The person that is sitting, has been sitting on the couch during the pandemic saying, I could, I could do this. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person? How do you, how do you balance? Yeah. You know, I I wish I had like a really great answer for this. I I feel like I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that out to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think what, what I, what I learned in my experience of running multiple businesses at the same time, both of which took, you know, a, a full-time, uh, t- a commitment. Sure. Um, was that, you know, it, it's really easy to burn out. It's really easy to overdo it. And, um, the, the, the real key is figuring out a way to, to maintain all of the things in, in appropriate balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and which kind of means that, you know, it, it's, it's what I'm learning is, you know, not taking on too much. Uh, with Finally Rot, I was juggling doing, you know, I was auditioning in person. This is pre-pandemic. So I was making trips into the city uh, all day for auditions and then coming home and busting my ass to make inventory all night so that I could have enough uh, prepared for my weekend markets, which I was booking consecutively. Right. Yeah. And man, that was not sustainable. Sure. Um, I, I, I really pushed it and I really um, made some great headway, but I think it was, uh, it was, it was headway that I, I just couldn't sustain. For sure. um, and so now going, you know, I've taken a bit of a step back from finally rot these last uh, 18 months or so uh, and have had some really great revelations, which involve becoming more simplified um finally rot is i'm planning on relaunching it um this fall and i'm more or less going to be refining the collection down to to very basic items um and i uh, the way i see it is you know making things that i that i know i can make uh with at quality but but 
quickly. Um, reducing the amount of stitching that I have to do is a huge component, man, because <laughs> sure. hand stitching product is probably by far the biggest time suck of them all. Sure. Some people love it. I'm personally not one of those people. Um, but I do love riveting. And so I'm creating a line of products that are more, more metal driven, uh, which actually helps me because, you know, A, it helps me highlight the metal work itself and B, it helps me uh, create product a little bit, uh, sure. I think a little bit more fast. Yeah. Sure. So it's, it's a, it is really a matter of like, uh, I think understanding balance. Sure. That's, that's the bottom line for me. Sure. Yeah. And I think it takes, takes time to get there. You know, it sounds like yeah, you're, what you're describing is, sounds like you found, you found your signatures and yeah, that's I exactly there's, right. There's a point in, in the, the life cycle of a brand, especially a maker focused brand that you you figure out what you're supposed to do, but it, you don't, yeah. you don't necessarily figure that out day one. Maybe you do if you're lucky. Dude, but. you are a hundred percent right. And and that was, that was part of this evolution for me. You know, I, I think I tried to take on way too much. I didn't understand that as a, as a single maker brand, just figuring out doing one thing really well mm -hmm. is 10 times more important than trying to do a lot of things sort of well. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of become my, my, my driving force now is, yeah. is just focusing on, on the quality of a one type of product. And, and like you said, making it a signature piece. Sure. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe I'm biased because I live pretty intimately in this world, but I feel like uh, in terms of, that being a struggle, the the leather leather working niche is like the textbook example of how much you could overdo it. Oh man, there's Absolutely just so true. so 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 customizable, and I'm sure jewelry is in that same same kind of bucket. Yeah, and so yes. many different angles that you could take it. Well, and that's exactly that's why it's I think hard to find your voice, and sure. um, especially because it it is a. Um, uh, an arena that is very full of voices right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how do you make a wallet that stands out from the milieu of wallets that are out there? Sure. Um, and so for me, that's why I think be, being my own hardware maker is such a strong point of the business. Sure. Uh, as in, you know, that for me at least is the one thing that I offer that I think is very unique. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I want to lean into it more. I, I want to create more buckles for belts that are different, handmade, uh, made with solid, non-ferrous, high-quality metals, um, and then also and then also kind of get into possibly offering custom or, or handmade hardware to other brands and making cool. that part of the business as well. Very cool. Yeah. Sounds like there's some big things on deck, man. Buddy, buddy, the deck, the deck is a, a, a wash with big old things. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, before we, before we wrap it up, uh, I know you did an episode. I, I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing when I listened to the episode of the New York denim Hanks podcast that you were on. I was, I, I took a oh, extremely yeah. long and out of the way trip to a Vermont Walmart to buy a $10 <laughs> tripod. And I made sure I downloaded your episode first because I knew I wasn't going to have service. Uh, right. And I think, what was it a, 
Christopher, it was Christopher Walken impression that, that oh you did. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm just going to straight up put you on the spot and give you the opportunity. If you'd like to do something funny now, you're more than welcome to. I don't I have any say, ideas. <laughs> listen, I'm going to tell you this. I, my, my Walken impression, I think I've realized it's okay. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Okay. But I, I, I recently was asked to do an impression for something else on a, I did this podcast of a, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, game show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And I had to prepare, I had to prepare an impression and I realized that I'm really, really good at this one impression. Okay. And I'm going to do it. And then you're going to, I'm going to ask you to tell me what it is. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'm not going to watch. All right. Uh, Hey Lucas. Oh man. What a good time I'm having (laughs) on this here show. Well, if if we could just do this for the rest of the day, I, I would be so happy. Can, right. can we can we get a, a pull the lever cronk? <laughs> pull it, the lever cronk. It's him, right? Oh yeah. It's it's like yeah. a it's a general Warburton impression. Yes. Which I yes, uh I love which, it. It's so funny. The the internet is full of these like YouTube videos of guys doing Warburton impressions and he sure. he watches them and comments on them and they're terrible. Amazing. So Amazing. I'm feeling like maybe one day my path will lead me down a a, a YouTube video hole where I make a video and send it to him and see maybe, what happens. Maybe this is where we all take off together. I mean, listen, if it's, <laughs> if it's the thing that gets us there, then I'll be there for the whole I love ride, it. brother. I love it. I, I give it, you know, I'm, I'm a big room for improvement guy. I, it's you're at, you're at a nine. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm man. going for 11, baby. I love it. Where is the best place for people to learn more and stay in touch? Yeah. Um, Probably right now, Instagram is where I, I interact the most, and uh, it's just my my brand's name, which is Finally Rot, F-I-N-E-L-Y-W-R-O-U-G-H-T. Um, you can also find there the website isn't uh, completed, so it's still basically under construction, but that's where I'll be releasing new product uh, and you know doing some more interaction there. I'm going to start a blog and stuff. Um, that's that's probably it for for now. I do have a Twitter handle, but I don't think anybody ever looks at it. I don't I don't really use it that much. But it, it's also fi- at finally rod. So, sure. If you feel like tweeting at me, I'll probably respond in about a month. <laughs> All right, sounds like a plan. <laughs> cool, man. And and I think we'll probably see you in in Brooklyn this uh, yeah this yeah holiday, yeah. Right? I will be there. I will uh, be very much looking forward to uh, a marketplace. Cool. I think it'll it might be my first one since uh, the pandemic. So I'm excited yeah. to. Uh, I think it will be a lot of people's to first show one. up. Yeah, cool. yeah. Man. Weekend weekend before Christmas in Greenpoint. Best right. time of the year. Yeah. The 18th and 19th, I believe. The absolute best yeah. time of the year except Literally. for the fall, which is happening yeah. right now. It is happening right now. So, cool, so. man. We'll appreciate your time. Appreciate your uh, your, your, your humor. Buddy. Always good Always good to catch up. It's an absolute pleasure, man. You're the best. I love hanging with you, bro. Appreciate it, too. Cool. Well, we'll talk again soon. You bet, bud. Thanks, brother. See ya. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, an urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found 